listening to Three Mix Baby, a podcast about fertility, family, and genetics. I'm Jana Rupnow, a fertility counselor and author of Three Mix Baby. Welcome to the show. Hey there, today I am here with Jeremy, and Jeremy was donor conceived, and I believe you've known for your whole life, right, Jeremy? Yeah, um, I don't really remember when my mom told me. Um, up until, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, she she said that she had told me since I was like two. So it's always just been a constant for me. Yeah, something you've always known your whole life. Yeah, yep. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm really um, excited to talk to you. I heard of you and I met you through Allie. Uh, half of yeah. the podcast. <laughs> and it was so neat the way just Allie and I connected on Instagram. And I was really excited to talk to her um, since she was just finding out she was donor conceived and just watch and follow her journey. And so I got to hear you on her podcast and, you know, learn more about you. So that was, that was pretty exciting. I have to say, I really, I miss her podcast. It's, I know she's on break right now and I'm, I'm really missing it. And so I do too. Yeah. I'm like, I, I listen to it when I go grocery shopping on Sundays and mm. now I have nothing to listen to right? when I'm going grocery shopping. So I'm like very bored. <laughs> it's very boring. And I know and I hate grocery shopping. So I, I get that. And you know, I've tried to find other podcasts and they just aren't doing it for me. It's just, yeah. nothing, um, nothing takes your place, <laughs> Allie, if you're listening. So um, it's, so anyway, I'm really excited to get to talk to you and learn a little bit more about how you first found out, found your half siblings and about your search for your donor and how that all came about. Um, let me ask this, is it something you always knew you wanted to do, like from a young age that you wanted to know who your donor was? I think since it was so normal for me, it was just more of like, yeah, maybe, maybe I would. Like it wasn't, it wasn't pressing. It was just like, you know, I read we received like documents about him and whatever he filled out, like his heritage and, and disease history and the family and stuff like that. And I read that once maybe when I was 20 mm -hmm. um, and didn't really think too much about it before. Didn't really think too much about it afterwards. Um, so it really wasn't, I just didn't care that much because I already had my whole life and it wasn't like, I never felt like I was missing anything. So it, mm -hmm. I, there wasn't a need there to, that was so strong that I absolutely had to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So then what, what led you down that path? So I was talking to my boss at the time. Um, and he was just like, Oh, I, I, um, took a DNA test and we were like looking at it and seeing his results. And he knew how I was born because, um, at the time I was 22 and, um, I had flown out to Utah for my interview there and I was with all of the people that work there for three days. So it's like, you get to know each other pretty well mm -hmm. um, within that time frame. And I was constantly referencing like, oh, my mom, this, my mom, that. And then one of them had said like, what about your dad? Mm -hmm. And then I, then I kind of went into that story of how I was conceived. Um, so he pretty much always knew. And so he was like, that'd be like interesting for you to, to do it and see what comes up. And I'm like, yeah, I thought about it. Like maybe, maybe I should. Mm -hmm. And then it was around Black Friday um, when that conversation happened, um, probably like right before it. And Ancestry was like 50 bucks. And I was like, screw it. Like, why not? You know, mm -hmm. like it was, 
relatively cheap for what they usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was ever going to do it now would be the time, Yeah, you know, because it was just right there in front of my face, essentially. Yeah. And what did your mom think? Did you mention it to her before you did it or you just thought? You yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Um, she was like, well, what are you hoping to find? And not that she was like against it at all, but she was just like genuinely curious, like, um, mm-hmm. where I was going with it. Um, but she's very supportive and, yeah. um, so it's, it's been cool. Yeah. Was she, and this was anonymous was it, or at the time? At the time. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, we've both never known anything about him ever until now. Okay. Gotcha. So then it was probably, you know, for her too, it was, you know, there was probably some intrigue and maybe some anxiety too over, you know, over this person and maybe what role he would play in your life. Did she ever tell you anything like that or? No, I don't, I don't think that she feels that way. I think that Mm -hmm. she, she's, she, you know, she's very supportive and I really feel it, feel like she's like, this is your thing. Like do whatever you want to do with it. Okay. Um, She's very similar to me in that we're both pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't really think she minded. <laughs> yeah. So then you t- took the test and you got the results. And were you nervous about that before they came? I wasn't nervous. I was just like, it sends you text messages, like, as the process goes on, like when it gets to, um, their facility or whatever it's actually in utah so when i took it it got there right away so i feel like maybe my results <laughs> happened a little quicker nice yeah um, so it just constantly updates you and i'm just like okay when is this thing gonna come in like why does it take over a month to do this you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. um but i guess when there's thousands and thousands of people doing it that's probably why but um yeah, so it was more just anticipation like i wasn't nervous i was just like let's just see what this says you yeah. know <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, there was always a chance, I guess, that it would not give you any information, but it gave you something. Did you learn anything from it? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was ready for whatever it was going to tell me, whether that was a lot or, or nothing at all. And I mean, honestly, I didn't, I guess I didn't really expect anything. I don't know. I didn't expect to find whatever we have now, like 16 or 17 half half siblings. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that was, you know, it was very, very surprising. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the purpose was to find out who my biological father was. But at the same time, I was like, if I find him and he doesn't want anything to do with me, like, I totally get that. And that's fine. Like, I was, I was cool with whatever outcome came of it. Okay. You know, I, I wasn't, like, hoping for anything. Really. Yeah. And do you call him a biological father? Because some people call them um, donors if they've been donor conceived, but you call him a biological father. Is is that just a personal preference or is that, was there another father in your life or what? Um, I just, there. I only grew up with my mom. Um, I don't really have a, a firm preference on what to call him whether it's donor or biological father but I do think maybe now that I know him a lot better than I did initially Mm -hmm. I find for me personally using the word donor is so um impersonal sure yeah (laughs) because like to me now he's a real person and Mm -hmm. and I don't know 
Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. care if, you know, whoever, if you want to call him a donor, that's fine too. Sometimes I do refer to him as that. It's just, it depends on the circumstance <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it probably depends on how, who you're talking to as well. Yeah. Definitely when I'm explaining mm-hmm. it to someone who has no idea about it or doesn't even know, doesn't have any knowledge of sperm banks at all, which I feel like most people don't honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, True. I'll refer to him as a donor because it, it makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. So you tell me, we'll back up a little bit and talk about those results. So they came back and what did you see on the actual paper? So they came back and there was just a whole, first of all, my mom was there because she had already taken it years ago, I want to say. Okay. Um, and so that's the top tier. I don't know if you've taken one, if you know. Yes, I have. Ancestral. Okay. So then yes. you know. Yes. So it's, it's your mom and your dad. Um, the first two, obviously, and then it goes into close family and to first cousins. So I just automatically thought everyone was my cousin because <laughs> I just never thought that there was anyone else benefiting from the sperm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it says first cousins. So that's, I guess that's the first thing your mind, you can grasp that like close family is very generic and broad, I feel mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But when it says first cousin, you're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. I, sure, yeah. So these Socially. are clearly all my first cousins, you know? Yes. And then I think none of them on, on that list are my first cousins. It's all siblings and then one uncle. And so it didn't say, but it didn't say sibling. It said, it just no, said it relation. Just, it just said family relation. And so yeah. you were thinking they were maybe cousins. And yes. then when did you realize they were siblings? I'm not the one who figured that out, actually. Oh, okay. um, one of our um, half-sisters, the first one I ever talked to, um, we were exchanging back and forth. I think she messaged me back within like 15 minutes, which is really interesting because, you know, if, if this isn't on your brain, I don't know. I don't know that I would respond that quickly to an, to an email like that. I just think it was just like luck. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that it was kind of interesting that it was like so quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so she, um, we we were discussing it and trying to figure it out. Like she thought maybe it was her uncle because again, at that time we thought we were first cousins and she ended up doing some Googling, I guess, and found this calculator that um, like it takes the number of CMs. I don't even know what that is. Centimorgans, I guess. (laughs) Like, Hmm. however much you share in common with each other mm-hmm. um, and found this calculator and she put the number in and then it, it basically deduces the relationships that you could be with a person. Okay. And you know, you know we're not, I wasn't her grandma or no, <laughs> she wasn't my grandma. Yeah. Um, she's a certain age. So she probably wasn't my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, the last thing left was most likely that it was a half sibling. Okay. Um, so we kind of figured it out together that way. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> I've never heard it described that way, but I have been curious as to how you figure that out. So that, that makes sense that you did a calculation and you just basically it was a process of elimination is what it sounds yeah. like. Yep. And were you able to confirm that another way? As well, just by the um, information gap, like just the information of, of how your families went about using donation, yeah, location, I mean, all of those types of details that helped you narrow yeah, it down. Yeah, um, mm. we then 
both of us got in contact with Allie. Um, so she was the second person that we had both talked to. Um, and then Allie immediately went to her parents, I'm sure as you know, and mm-hmm. um, they told her that that's how she was born. So we were like, okay, so it's all making more sense now. The more people we talked to, the more information we got, it, okay. it really became clear. And then did the first sibling, half sibling you spoke, did she- did she also get that information from her parents that she was donor conceived? No, she hasn't told them yet to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But we kind of were just like, if this is how Allie was born, if this is how I was born, you know, most likely that's how she was born too. So okay. it's just kind of putting the puzzle pieces together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then it was, it, it was such, it was very confusing at the time. We were all like, like what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh my God. It sounds like it. I, you know, I, I was under the assumption that it was a lot more clear cut from the beginning. Mm-mm, no. Okay. Um, Cause I didn't even, I didn't even think that there were going to be siblings and obviously <laughs> they didn't think there were going to be siblings because they mm-hmm. didn't know. Mm-hmm. So all three of us in that sense were pretty much in the dark with that. So it, it took a minute to kind of understand really what was going on. So Allie for you was helping to solve the mystery, so to speak. Yeah. Getting in contact I mean, with her. Yeah. We, okay. she, she kind of locked it in. We were like, okay, this is, this is what it is. Okay. Sort of and, confirmed it, I guess. Yeah. And so, and then it grew from there from three, it kept going on up to yep. how many did you say? I forget if it's 16 or 17, but it's one of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, so who, you know, when you, were you the point person in, in finding all the others or did it, did it kind of just go in different directions with different people from there? I would say we did it together. Then, um, Chris entered the picture, our, um, one of our other brothers. And from there on, it was the four of us, um, who kind of, um, kept the ball rolling, I guess, like Mm -hmm. making contact. I mean, I would say that I I definitely am the one who, who like, I don't know how to put it. Um, You were the catalyst. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I do think that the four of us were really like from the start um, doing that together. Yeah. And then what I, I, now I've kind of gotten, I've lost track of it. Um, Did, you say your biological father's name was on the report as well, or he had not taken it at that point? He didn't take it at that point. It was okay. after, after we found him. Um, I think what he said was one of his sons um, was like, you need to take this test because like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Yeah. Um, just to sort of confirm it, you know? Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. And then now do you, when you look at the report, his name shows up? Yeah. So it's he's there. there. He's there. So that then definitely, there's no question. <laughs> at all, yeah. At all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. is what it is. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. And so it grew from you to 17, roughly. And mm-hmm. now you are all in, well, not maybe not all, but you're, you at least have been in touch in some way. And then um, what, well, I guess, what, what's been the biggest surprise aside from the initial finding out that you had all these half siblings? What's, What's been the next best surprise, like happiest surprise? I just think that it's really, really easy to get along with all of them. Like there's not been one where I'm like, I can't hang out with you. You know what I mean? Like it's just Mm -hmm. like our 
our personalities for the most part just gel together and it's it just seem it's natural it's not I don't feel forced to make conversation it just happens mm. um so that's been really cool to know that yeah. I mean I, I I can't help but think that genetics is part of that because mm. why the hell would all of us like be able to get along like that if, if it mm. wasn't you know what I mean I do so I it's been really do. cool yeah yeah for lack of a better word, the way I would describe it as it's like a vibe kind of. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. Which doesn't make sense. Cause how can a vibe be genetic, whatever a vibe is, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think we know what that is yet, but we're, I don't, yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, do, I definitely yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe that's not everybody's experience. I think that, you know, in the beginning, me, um, Allie, Chris and our other sister, like we were constantly talking like, I would say for a solid two months, it was all day, every day. Like we did not stop talking because it, it was just so fresh and mm -hmm. new. Yeah. Um, and I think now that, you know, what, however long it's been, 10 months, I'm not sure, or maybe a little less, but now it's, it's become our, our new normal mm -hmm. and um, things have, you know, died down. <laughs> sure, they settle in from that. Yeah. But I think that's normal. I think that's it just is. how that's how life is. I don't talk to all my friends every day. That's right. That's it's right. It's just kind of how people are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You settle in, and you you know you establish that comfortable relationship, whether it's more of an acquaintance or somebody closer, and then you just operate from there. It's kind of I described it as the accordion effect of in a relationship where you like you know, you expand and contract, you, you maybe have distance at times and you draw closer at other times, but you always stay connected, but, um, that that's part, a normal part of a relationships, you know, just flow really. So, so it's kind of, you know, there might be times I always think there might be times where I do grow closer to some of my half siblings if under certain, certain circumstances, or if we are able to spend more time together. A lot of it is proximity. We don't live in the mm -hmm. same state. Yeah. And uh, that they may, there may be times. So you just, you never know what, what life's going to bring, but as long as you can tolerate and understand that that's how relationships work and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong. I think that's when, yeah, you, you like basically allow space for that, for whatever will be mm -hmm. to be. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, I, I think that's the hard part for a lot of people when they're trying to navigate these new relationships that they didn't mm -hmm. know existed before is like, what are we supposed to do? What are we, are we supposed to behave like this? Are we supposed to behave like siblings? Are we supposed to act like friends? You aren't supposed to have to do anything. Just yeah. do what feels right and what works. If it doesn't work, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It's nobody's fault. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, Either I forget if Allie and I were talking about this or if she talked about it on the podcast. It probably was both. But she, we sort of shared the same sentiment where it's like, okay, I can feel some of these relationships weaning off from where it was. Like, how does that make me feel? And at first it was kind of like, I felt like I was in the same boat as her where I was just like, I want this to, to continue. I don't want it to, to all of a sudden just like poof it's gone mm -hmm. but then I, I I took a moment and I was like that's not really what it is like this is just normal and this is life it's just that's right I don't know <laughs> it's just the accordion effect <laughs> yes <laughs> it's just the drawing apart at this at the moment for different life circumstances and and yeah as long as you don't judge it we, you, I think that that's when it's 
it just takes the pressure off everybody, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's nice. I'm, I'm, you seem like you're very comfortable with that. That, that doesn't something that you're, you feel seem upset about or anything. So yeah. Yeah. I've had time to definitely, I've had time to think about that and my life is great. And this is, this has been the icing on top of the cake. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's like that. So what do you, what type of relationship now do you have now with your biological father? Um, I would say as, as close as you can be for just uh, meeting him, you know, six months ago or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, I text him frequently and we talk about lots of stuff. Um, in September, I was just there with one of my best friends and um, we just like hung out with him and had some beers and that was fun. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's good. It's really good. How did the very first meeting with him go? Was that um, it was nerve-wracking? Um, yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Um, I was so nervous. Um, but as soon as we got there, the, the nerves kind of just subsided because he was, he's really good about um, making people feel comfortable, mm -hmm. I noticed. Um, and I mean, he went all out for us, honestly. Like, there was food everywhere. Like, it was, I want to say it was St. Patrick's Day because there was a bunch of um, St. Patrick's Day like decorations or whatever. And mm -hmm. through Ancestry, I know that we're very Irish um, okay. because of him. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it very quickly was just the nerves went away and we just had a lot of fun. Like it was really good. And where was it? At his house or? Yeah, we went to his house. So yeah. he decorated his house and brought a bunch of food or made a bunch of food and mm -hmm. yeah. brought you there. Like he, very into it like loves that this happened did um, your mom go too no none of our parents went okay um yeah <laughs> no okay yeah i wasn't sure if it was that happy of a you know kind of reunion or not um did yeah it, that was just us just you and when you say us who who was it um it was three of my brothers julian greg and joe and then um one of my sisters hope okay and then me yeah. And then their wives and girlfriends and um, one of them has a kid. So. And that was, that was the very first time you met him though? Yep. Oh, you all met him together? I didn't yes. realize that. Okay. Actually, Hope met him um, maybe a week beforehand by okay. herself. Um, but for the rest of us, that was the first time we did it together. Okay. Well, that might've taken I, the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was just, I was just thinking, you know, like, I wonder who was more nervous, like us coming in with a pack of people Yeah. or <laughs> him at home, you know, inviting these random people into his house. <laughs> like, I don't know, yeah. which, is, which is more nerve wracking, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, he had communicated with all of you separately uh, before that, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I he kind of had we're a feel all there, for. So yeah. He must yeah. have had a feel that everybody was friendly. Nobody was going to barge in his door and start pointing the finger at him or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was. It was good. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. So that I mean, it is, but it's very you know open to allow people to come into your home that you haven't met and that you know, you know, that are biologically related to you. And there's just a lot of, a lot of feelings that could come up. And yeah. so I'm sure there was quite a bit of nervous energy, but you know, describe it in general. I mean, I've, I've kind of got a visual of the scene with the decorations and the food and everything, but what would you say the instant, like, um, 
feeling and, and was when you all walked in, was it boisterous? Was it kind of loud or was it like, was everybody very well-mannered and polite and quiet? You know, how, how did that unfold? There was Irish music playing, I think. <laughs> wow. Um, and you'd hear it from, from just outside the door. And we walked in and he wasn't there. Like his wife greeted us <laughs> for a second. We were like, where is he? Hmm. And, and then I think he was like in the bathroom or something at the time and then came out and he was like, how the hell are you? And it was just very casual. <laughs> yeah. So he kind um, so of greeted you very casually. Like, yeah, he'd known you like for this, a while. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It wasn't like this, like I'm bawling, like uncontrollably crying kind of event. It was just like mm -hmm. very, it's as if we'd done it before. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Um, Something he said to me, um, I forget when, but he was like, when this all came about, um, I was thinking to myself, like, what would my mom want me to do? Because his mom died when he was very young at like 16 from, I think, lung cancer. Okay. Um, and it was sort of just like, what would she want me to do in this situation? Like, because he totally could have just not engaged or... Um, or do what he did and would welcome us with open arms. So I thought that was pretty cool. So his mom was somebody who he felt would have been open and. Yeah. She, basically he said that she would have wanted him to, to welcome us and yeah. be a part of our lives. Was she the Irish one? I don't know. We're not sure. Yeah. I think maybe they both were because he's like 70% Irish. So I think they okay. both were pretty Irish. How long are uh, you there? Um, we were there all night. Like we slept over. Um, oh, whoa. Oh my yeah. gosh. This, was, went, this was very fast friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess some people would think that was weird, but I don't know. I was fine doing it. Like I didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, we had a good time. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I flew in from Utah. So it's like, where else was I really going to stay? Mm -hmm. Um. And he had space for everybody? Yeah. Yep. Nice. It was good. Yeah. <coughs> That's so it's a big slumber party. So you really have time to spend a lot of time just getting comfortable, getting settled in and really talk. And did you have yeah. like, did you talk, talk or did it, was it more kind of small talk socialization or was it like you got into some real like deeper talks? I think it was a mixture because there were okay. kind of a lot of people there. Like he invited some of his friends and, um, some of his family. So there, it wasn't like we were like one-on-one -on -one with him the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, but that was good. It, it, was, it was a fun atmosphere to do that with and it was low pressure. Um, so I mean, now that I've, I've hung out with him like for maybe three times, um, I feel that I've gotten to have like deeper conversations with him and um, and I mean, we text a lot, so that happens there too. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, you, you know, you definitely have a closer relationship than some do. Some do all of your siblings, are they all as close to him as you are? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think that they definitely talk to him. I, I think I probably talk to him the most, mm -hmm. um, if not almost the most. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, also that's just kind of how I am. Like, I, like I'm constantly texting my friends. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That's that's just kind of how I operate. <laughs> and it kind of is how 
yeah, it kind of is how he is too. So it just kind of works. Well, do you mind if I ask you, do you call him dad to him? I don't call him dad. Okay. Um, and that's, it's just, it's like a foreign word to me that everyone else was always using, but I never could. So it's just like, it's not really a part of my vocabulary for myself. Okay. Um, I think by definition, he like technically is my dad, but, and it's not that I'm like rejecting him in any way. It's just like, it, I just never use that word. So it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it would just be weird for me to say in general. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? I yeah. For you not having, he didn't raise you and he didn't, you didn't call him that when you were little. So you're now an adult, you meet adult to adult. It doesn't seem natural to call him dad. And that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just call him by his name. Yeah. I know that people want me to ask and because there are people and parents out there that have um, decided to use donation conception. And one of their big fears is that their child will search for their donor and then you know, kind of, to be honest, almost, they almost fear what you're, what you're doing, that you're, they, their child will have a relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I do address it in my book about donation conception and about adoption too, that, um, that I, that you can hold a space for two people uh, in your life and, mm -hmm. and not to be threatened by a, a genetic relationship that wasn't there, you know, originally that maybe develops later in life, but that's easier yep. said than done, you know, and certainly there are parents that that's really, really terrifying to them that they, totally. that their child might go on and when they're adult and having a relationship with this donor person, donor person, mm -hmm. you know? So what do you say to that? Do you have like any words of advice or just anything that you would say to parents? I mean, I, I totally understand why that would be you know, on their minds or an issue. Um, I, th I wonder if I would feel that way too. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, I mean, my perspective is unique because I have only had a mom. So there always technically has been something missing there. So for me, it's like, for people who had a mom and a dad, I think if you're a good parent, they're not going to try and replace you with mm -hmm. whoever the donor is. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've seen that through my siblings, like, you know, mm -hmm. a, a bunch of them don't have any desire to meet him. And I totally get that because they have great parents. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I still think no matter what, that fear probably is always going to be there for a lot of parents. But mm -hmm. I think if you do a good job with your kid, you really don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. And I could be wrong because I'm not a professional, but that's just kind of what I see. Um, happening with my half-siblings. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. So you see that they aren't looking to replace a parent that they already have. They, they are maybe just curious or what are the different motivations that yeah. you've seen that they- I mean, And also like, I'm not trying to like gain a parent per se. Mm -hmm. Like I already feel like I'm grown. Like I don't need that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's more of just like a- Connection. <laughs> like connection, like a, yeah. an interesting friendship going on here. <laughs> and in my book, I talk about it through the words using attachment. And I say, you know, I just basically try to explain to people that the process of attachment takes time and that um, a parent-child attachment is formed through those early years when you're reliant and you're dependent upon an adult to survive. And you are growing and forming and learning so much. And so that is how that parenting really 
it happens. And so when you miss out on all those years, you don't, you, you really can't make up for that per se. You can develop a new relationship moving forward as an adult to adult relationship, but <clears throat> that person, it'd be unlikely for them, you, for you, them to, for, I don't know, I should ask you, do you actually think of him as a dad? And you said, no, I don't call him dad because he didn't play that role for you in all those years. So, you know, it's like you, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's kind of comes down to that is how do you see this person in their relationship to you based on the past? And um, parents can't be replaced just like you couldn't replace a parent who passed away or you yeah, couldn't, totally. you know, you couldn't, you can't replace somebody with a step parent. That's why they always say, you know, you're not my real mom in the whole step parenting <laughs> cliche. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's about, Hey, you can't replace the original parent. It just, yeah. it just doesn't really work that way. Mm -hmm. For the most definitely part, for the most part. So, um, yeah, it's a different relationship. It's a different kind of relationship and it is hard to explain, but, um, I, I think it's reassuring for parents to hear that. And I think they also have to work through their own fears, um, and their own, um, maybe insecurities and feelings of, of being maybe even sharing, maybe even some of them maybe just don't want to share that. And, mm -hmm. and it's not like you're, again, you're not sharing a parenting role. You're just sharing maybe, um, having an adult, another adult person in your child's life that, that they, um, are feel connected to. Yeah. Uh, my philosophy is there's more than enough love to go around. And so, you know, if you have that philosophy of, Hey, you know, my child can love two people and, and more, and there's plenty of space, then no one has to feel threatened by that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my mom, um, she's always asking me, you know, like any new siblings, like how is everyone, that kind of thing. So she's never, I, to my knowledge, has ever felt like, I don't know, um, like something is being taken away from her, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's good. You know, yeah. I, I would never want her to feel that way at all because obviously I mean, nothing is being taken away, but. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like you respect her and you care for her and you wouldn't want her to be hurt by this process. And, you know, hopefully she feels like this is, well, you know, this is your life and you didn't choose to be born this way, but since you were, if you want to have those connections, you want to know people that you're genetically you know, related to, then, then she's giving you the space to do that. And some I, people, some parents may never come to terms with it. I mean, I feel lucky that for me, it's been such a positive experience because I know that for others, you know, it's been tumultuous at times. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, and I wish that it wasn't for them. Like I, I, it sucks that that's how it went, but I think that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I can even say that because I can't speak for them. But I think mm -hmm. that we've all gotten to a, a point where, like, everything's good. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not this crazy thing happening anymore. Like, I, I think about it, and I'm like, I, I'm like, this is my normal life now. And I sometimes I forget how actually nuts it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's I'm normal just like, now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, me and my, like, 18 million siblings. But... I have to take a step back sometimes and be like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that as, as more come up, I was talking about this to one of them and I said something along the lines of like, even to me now, like this is kind of a lot. Like oh, I, really? at first I was like, bring them on, like all the siblings. And now I'm like, wow, this is, this oh, is, yeah. um, this is insane. Mm -hmm. But 
but at the same time, I, I, I will continue to be the one that reaches out and, you know, talks to them for the first time because I feel I, I said this to her too. I feel like we, apart from all the the trauma involved, we got the um, we got the best experience because we did this together mm-hmm. and didn't miss out on all the bonding that has already happened. Mm. Um, yeah. So for the new ones, you know, they're they don't get that. And I assume that it will be harder for them to um, make connections no matter how welcoming we are. Oh, you think? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, cause it was just. Cause there was such a huge bond that was first established when you were finding this out together. Yeah. Because yeah. we were going through it together. Like yeah. they're yeah. going to go through it alone. It's true. It's true. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, when you go through something so unique together, it really does create a bond. And so it it is hard to to duplicate that. And that's just human nature, you know. Anyone who's been through a crisis together forms a strong bond. And this isn't necessarily a crisis, but in a way it is. You know, it wasn't, it was a a huge life-changing event. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you know, not that they don't have the same opportunity maybe with some of their own sibling, with the siblings that are also going through it maybe around the same time. But mm-hmm. they could, you know, even just going through this experience with, say, you know, a spouse or a sister or a brother that's in your life or a friend that comes along with you with this experience, it, that that's bonding too for those people that are, you know, going through it. It doesn't have to be with another half sibling. It just, um, mm-hmm. it's a strong moment in your life that you can create these bonds. So it's just a special experience for sure. Yeah. So, well, and where do you see, you see it kind of continuing the same as it is with your well, um, bio? Yeah. For, for, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I'll, I'll definitely um, continue to build that relationship with him as I will with the other ones. Um, I feel like I've definitely taken on the, the planner, um, the person who's in charge of that kind of thing, that kind of role. I don't know why it just kind of is how it is. Yeah. Um, So I I hope that, you know, maybe not this year because I feel like it's, it's almost Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, whatever else holidays. Um, But hopefully early next year we can all get together. So, I mean, I do get together with some of them more frequently than others because I live in Boston now and some of them are in Connecticut. So it's kind of just super easy to, to see them. Um, but I'd love to see all the other ones soon. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I know you said for a moment you have to step back and go, this is kind of crazy that, you know, it's kind of getting overwhelming with all these half siblings. Do you think that, um, sperm donation should be limited? So the donor should be limited to how many times they can donate. So it does reduce the number of half siblings that you might have. I mean, if it's, if it's a crazy number, like I think, in the hundreds is that's enough Mm -hmm. but I do think I'm more I'm more on the end of it should be a little bit less right I mean it's obviously not regulated but I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know I just think like if there was more regulation on it maybe I wouldn't be born today I wouldn't be here yeah um and I but I do think that there there's an issue with like a lot of siblings right now I feel like I you know 17 is a lot but I don't, 
it doesn't affect my life mm-hmm. just by the number. Um, and I guess maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I was, I'm watching this show right now. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's called Almost Family. Yes, I've, I've watched it. So, so, yeah, so I'm watching that and it's like, it seems like she has like a million siblings. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I go back and forth on how I feel about that, but I do think that less regulation for me is a good thing. Okay. Less regulation. So meaning that way, cause you're feeling like regulation might mean that you weren't here. Yeah. Cause okay. if it was, if it was capped at like 10, mm-hmm. then maybe I wouldn't be here. Gotcha. But I am. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a perspective I haven't heard. So that's, I like hearing different perspectives. Well, what do you think of the show? I like the show. It's good. You, do. you um, like it, huh? Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's it's kind of cool to see like something very similar to my own life experience on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think it's realistic? I, yeah, I mean, I've heard um, uh, stories about how doctors have done that. Like I know that mm-hmm. in Utah, um, maybe I don't know, eight years ago, they found out that a doctor was doing that there. Um, so yeah. I'm sure it happens more often than we think. Oh yeah, there's one in Texas too. So well, what do you think about the there? I know there was a scene where um, she said the one that's the there's a character on the show that's a she's a kind of a influencer. So she takes a lot of selfies and she's yep. she was um, a f- gymnast and her parents um, relied on her income because she was uh, very successful. I think at being a gymnast. And mm-hmm. there's a one point in, I think, in episode two where she's saying, um, she's talking about her parents and she calls them the losers who raised her. And then she's <laughs> like, I'm focusing on my new family now. How do you, because I know that, well, definitely kind of going back to what we were saying about not being replaced. She definitely is portrayed as somebody who's looking to replace her parents. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Is that something you've seen much? Like in real life? Yeah, in real life. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Um, but I, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Like if you watch her parents, like they don't seem like they're that great of parents. So I understand why the character would want to do that. I don't really think that, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that really happens that often in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think it's a possibility. Like if you suck and you're a bad parent, like maybe they will try and, dump you for the the new parent um but i don't really see that happening like most parents are good to their kids i feel like i just i don't think that it's like i can see how it would happen but i don't think that it is really going to happen all that often like it's i think it's a an interesting part of a potential story to tell or or a real life story to tell but i don't see it like happening all that much. I don't know why that it would, unless if yeah. they were bad parents. <laughs> well, what about like, I know there's some groups and I'm not in any of them, obviously I'm, cause I'm not donor conceived and, but um, there are groups that are kind of various groups that are advocating for um, doing away with anonymity. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people even believe that maybe their donor conception should not exist, which I know you don't agree with, but what do you think in general, do you think you know, if, if they're unhappy, do you think it has to do with parenting? I, I, I do think it has to do with parenting because, yeah. Okay. because yeah. I mean, what else would it be other than 
other than that, like, I mean, I, from, I don't know, from my perspective, like my mom was great and raised me really well and I'm fine with it. But then there's others I see on those groups and I can think of a couple of times when they said something along, along the lines of like, they don't talk to their, their parents anymore or whatever. And they're really upset about their donor conception and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that speaks volumes to, it's mm-hmm. like, you're going to react to this news based off of your past experiences in life. And if you haven't had a, a great life where you're unhappy with a certain part of your life, odds are you're not going to be happy with this. But I've had a great life and I'm fine. <laughs> and I think that it just like some of my other siblings didn't have such a great time with it, but they've had good lives. So they're able to, you know, navigate their way around it and get through it. Whereas other people who have had different life experiences maybe can't do that as easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. I feel yeah. like I'm rambling this entire time. You're not. No, no, you're not <laughs> at all. No. And I, you know, I, I think that I'm just trying to be so careful because, you know, it's, it's just hard to find the right words to, and mm-hmm. I think you said it well. And cause you don't, obviously you don't want the, the people that are upset to feel that they it's oversimplified. Like, Oh, it's this, this, yeah. this one thing it's you had, mm-hmm. cause you know what? It's not, maybe it isn't, maybe they had good parents. Maybe there was, they had a good parenting. Yeah. Child. So it's so hard, isn't it? It's like, I can it is. start to like, I start to like mince my words and be super careful because I don't want to throw everybody into one bucket. Yeah. I think things that I'm saying, like, you know, like, they could have had great parents and a great life and still aren't happy with it. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? So yeah. it's just as much as I can say that, you know, these people had bad parents and, and that's why like every some, case is different. Some situations. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't know. And I think that, and I've, I've talked to this, talked about this to Ali too, that, you know, there is no one right way to deal with this. That's it's, right. Yeah. You like, I happen to deal with it fine because mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of how I am. Like not a lot bothers me in life. That's right. Um, It's your personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that, you know, however you end up dealing with it is the right way, no matter what it is. I think parenting does play a a huge role in, you know, your relation, obviously in your relationship with your child and, Mm -hmm. and everything. And then how they are feeling. And then there's also factors like just organic differences, biochemical differences. There's, um, personality differences. And so in my book, one, that's one thing I do tend to is like how personality, different personalities are going to respond to donor conception in different ways. And there's no way to predict that. And so you can do things to minimize challenges around it, I believe, by being open and honest and having a good, healthy dialogue with your child about it. But you can't, you can't prevent it. You can't prevent challenges. You can't prevent um, them for, from feeling bad. If they feel bad, they feel bad. And it may not have anything to do with what you did as a parent. Um, But I think I hear you when you're describing maybe more extreme dysfunctional family situations and maybe more like some mental disorders that may be in play or some addictions or Mm -hmm. some some family dysfunction that goes beyond um, just the the actual, if we just narrowed it down to donor conception and the issues around that, but then we have another ring where it's like a whole different set of issues. And so I think teasing those out and knowing which is which is really difficult. 
Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me on Instagram at Jana Rupnow LPC and Facebook. And you can also grab a copy of my book, Three Makes Baby, on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate it and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.